Hi, I'm the Geordie Chanter and this is my podcast, Geordie Chanter Chats, where I speak with creatives uh, from the arts world regarding books, films, music, theatre, you name it. I think you get the gist. Let's crack on. Jobs are good. This week's Geordie Chanter Chats uh, discussion revolves around uh, our special guest, Sharon Percy, who um, needs no introduction and is a North East actor um, from theatre, television and film. And we caught up with her and had a good old chat. And this is what she had to say. Podcast, um, we have the fabulously talented uh, Sharon Percy, who's a British and northeast uh, actor, actress. Um, what do you prefer, actor or actress? It's it's a funny one. They're both. Um... You know, uh, I always just call myself an actor, Aye. and then other people put out by that and say, "No, you're an actress." But I don't know. It's it's you know. It doesn't matter to me. I've always just called myself a job an actor. Nobody really ever says the term "I'm a job and actress." Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's it's not one that I've ever been that bothered about. No, me neither. But I know some sometimes some people are. So I just thought I'd I'd ask that question. But yeah, it's great to have you. It's great to have you on the uh, the, the show for obviously all our listeners to. Um, to hear about the, the past things that you've done, um, a little bit of an introduction. Obviously, you've done a lot of um, theatre work, loads of television work, um, and really, I guess to you know go straight to the the, the crux of it is um, how it all started. Because you you started your career very early, didn't you, in, in the world of acting? I did. I did. I, I think um, I was around about the age of seven. Right. And uh, at school. And the time theatre stage school was opening that year, and my class teacher I had done a couple of school plays, um, and I think the teacher at the time, Mrs Young, um, recognised something in me whilst doing that, and she had said, look, there's a youth theatre opening at the time theatre stage school on a Saturday morning, I think you should get yourself along, I think you'd, you'd enjoy it. Obviously, she saw some, some flamboyant... Behaviour, perhaps, when, <laughs> when I was seven. Um, and, and that was it. Um, I kind of acted upon that. My dad took us along, me and my sister. And um, I was there up until, God, up until I was probably 20 um, at the youth theatre doing stuff at the stage school. Um, and then as an amateur performer, mm-hmm. up until I was... 20 and then got my equity card with live theatre at the age of 21. So theatre has always been a massive, massive part of my life from the age of seven, I would say. So what was your, what was your first role? I mean, I, I, I know, but it was one of my favourite plays, I think, uh, if I'm correct. What, what was the first thing that you did for Max at, uh, at live? It was Your Home in the West. Brilliant. Um, and, and that came about because I used to live around the corner from the Fighting Cox pub in Biker. 
And um, Annie Owen happened to be in there, and she said to me, do you know what, Sharon, I know you've, you've done acting and stuff, and Max Roberts is looking for a little lass to play this young lass in this new play in this Rod, uh, Rod Wooden play. And uh, she says, I'm, I think you'd be amazing for it. So Max agreed to say, I've done a little audition, put me speech and everything together, and went along and got the job. And I, I think, you know, I was absolutely blown away just kind of knowing that the people who were attached to Live Theatre, mm. you know, Denise and Malk and Charlie and Trevor and Joe and Robson, and, and it was just all like, whoa, hang on a second, you know, all, all of these people who have been and who are starting to be successful within the North East. And, and yes, it may kind of be first pro job um, in at the deep end. But yeah, it was a really strong, powerful piece of theatre. Um, th- that was very real, you know, at the time, set in the, in the West End in Newcastle and all of those um, little terrorist streets and, and that kind of hard life that some people have to leave uh, and, and leave. And, and it's still happening today. So nothing much has changed in, in those days since, since the place set in the 80s. Time seemed to be just as difficult now. But yeah, great play, great piece of theatre. I mean, it was, it was something, surely, that... Uh, I mean, as a young training actor myself, um, I was at Newcastle College at the time, and it was really the first time that I'd been to the live theatre, um, you know, as a, as a, as a 16-year-old, and uh, it absolutely blew me away. It's still, to this day, one of my favourite plays, not only because it's obviously associated with, with the North East, but it was so hard-hitting, and the cast that you had... Um, for that for that run was 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 absolutely stellar. Obviously yourself, it's Trevor, um, uh, you know uh, Charlie. Um, who who else was in? There was uh, there was Robson, yeah, um, Pauline Moriarty, um, and myself. And there was an Irish guy um, unknown to us in the northeast. Um, I can't remember what his name was, but uh, yeah, he played like the the young love interest and then Joe Caffrey did it the second time we did it. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was a really strong cast and I was just in awe of everything that was going on around us, you know, it, it was amazing. And you know, the venue itself kind of I don't think I'd ever been that close to an audience mm. ever. When I'd done stuff is in this time theatre, you know, you've got this great big auditorium and you're singing right up to the gods and then to have somebody this close to you when you're on the stage was like a huge difference. You, you are flipping frightened to, to blink or to look at is anybody in case you've got somebody's eye contact and stuff. But yeah, I mean, to do a play of that calibre in that sort of venue was a huge um, learning curve, you know, of, of having to do things massively different on a, on a very small scale and toned down performance and things like that. But yeah, it, it was phenomenal, really. I think, um, you know, from a perspective of the audience, when you go to see something like that as well, it, it's almost like you're in the living room with the actors, like, you, you know, you're so... And, and and you do feel part of it. You, can, you know, it's obviously the, the tensions within that play are really high. And you know you really feel it. You feel like you're there. And there's 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 times you know, and obviously that's that's credit to the actors that are performing the play, and obviously the playwright. But you know, um, it was so 
the the anxiety within the room was was sky yeah. high, and you're thinking, "Oh my goodness yeah. me, what's going to happen here?" Um, and you really felt as if you were part of that, and you know, as if you were in the room, and 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 felt a little bit threatened by it as well, I guess, which is really hard hitting and good good way to go about doing theatre. Definitely, but I suppose that's that's what that venue creates. It creates that that feeling of yes, I I, I am part of it as, as an audience member. I am in that room. I am in that space and feeling all of those things that you that you're talking about and making the audience laugh, making the audience shocked, making the audience cry, and they're literally just sitting right next to you. It is. It's. I've never come across another venue ever that I've played in, in the whole of my career to date that does that, that as, as an actor and as an audience member has that relationship with both in, in such a, an environment. I haven't come across that ever since it's, it's a magical venue for that thing it's, for that yeah, I mean it really is a, a roller coaster when you go there because as you say one minute you're, you're laughing you're crying or you're, you know, you're on the edge of your seat so but I think as you say it's, it's part of the ensemble there of, of, of um, you know what they create uh, as a cast and also as I say given that very um, close knit sort of uh, audience participation I guess because yeah. it really really is um, but you went on and you did like a lot of successful stuff there I mean you did Christmas plays and all sorts, didn't you? Uh, so you had quite yeah. a bit of time, sort of, um, you know, you earned your stripes at, at the live theatre, which I think really does give you quite a um, a good uh, footing for, for, for the rest of your career. Um, and you obviously went on and, and, and quickly moved into television as well, didn't you? I mean, you, you've, done, you've done not only television work, but a lot of film work as well. Um, how did, what was the transition yeah. like? Because it almost seems like you were thrown in although you'd acted for a lot of years, you've been thrown in quite, you know, sharply into the deep end in, in such a, you know, um, unusual type of environment in terms of theatre, I guess. Um, I mean, I, I did some telly when I was a kid, so, you know, it, it, it was just something that I learned when I was quite young. But I think when you do do a lot of television, for me personally, it's, I, I never stop learning. I'm always watching people and, and learning the craft and how to use the light and, and things like that. Um, something that I did, well, when I did Vera with um, Brenda Blethyn and we were on set and, you know, people would be taking shots and stuff like that and, and just photos and what have you, and I'd say, oh, can, will you take a photo of me and Brenda? And she's like, oh, come, come to the light, you know, to make sure you're in the light. And it's just little things like that. You think, oh, God, yeah, you know. And somebody of her calibre who I, I adore her. I just think she's an amazing actor and, and I love everything that she does. And, you know, and, and I'm thinking, oh, God, you know, just getting a few tips off Brenda Blevin. Yeah, remember to be in the light and things like that. So I never stop learning. So the, the transition one, for, the transition's been quite an easy one for me. Hmm. I haven't done it since I was a long time. But never forgetting that. I'm always on the lookout, I'm always learning, I'm always watching, even though it's it's not a deliberate thing to just sit and kind of learn, but just watching people and people who know what they're doing and, and have learned their craft and, and done it with big studio film and things like that. I just, you know, in all of that and, and keeping, keeping it up here so that I can use it again in the future, you know. 
but yeah, more more of the scene would be lovely. So you've got, I mean, you, you know, it's not just obviously Brendan you've worked with, you've worked with uh, Robson, Robson Green, uh, Frank Skinner, I believe, um, Kelly Brook, to, yeah. to name a few. I mean, there's been all sorts of, you know, uh, very talented people that you've sort of, um, I say, tread the boards. It's been on the television, so it's it's not the same, but, it, you know, that's a, that's one of the terms we use. Um, but you have. I mean, you've, you've, you've Tim Healy, there's been loads. Uh, Robbie Coltrane, even, uh, off the top of my head. Yeah. You, did, um, you did stuff with him, so... You know, uh, it, it, it's fantastic, and I guess you're right. As an actor, you're constantly trying to um, perfect your, you, you know, your art, and it is about sort of you're never you're never too old or, or too long in the tooth to to take on new sort of um, techniques and, and new, uh, you know, all sorts of that type of knowledge. When you're getting you know some fantastic actors that you're working with, it can only be a blessing, really, and sort of you make you. Um, you know, sort of more uh, crafted in what you do. So, what was it like? I mean, working with with the likes of some of those characters. Because I mean, it, did you ever sort of feel, oh my goodness, I'm I'm, I'm you know now on set with with Robbie Coltrane or or, or or Frank? I mean, was he? I bet he was funny to work with um, for a start. I mean, he's a very funny guy. Yeah, well, we did cooking with Elvis in London's West End with Frank. Frank came in and did. Um, Trevor's role for, for the purpose of us being in the West End. And, uh, yeah, lovely guy, you know, a comedian learning his craft on the stage as, as we went. So, you know, I, I guess it doesn't matter who you are and at what stage in your career you are, there's always something to learn. And I'm sure Frank probably learned a thing or two from us, from, mm. from being stage performers, you know, for, for as many years as we all had. Um, so, yeah. Frank was a lovely guy, very funny. We had a great time in, in London doing Cooking with Elvis, uh, one of Lee Hall's works. Um, and, yeah, people like Robbie Coltrane on the set of Cracker, you know, when you're supposed to be a corpse and you're lying <laughs> on a morgue table and he's, he's winding you up about having a bit of a nipple on because it's so cold. <laughs> You know, you're just like, oh my God, how <laughs> weird. And him and Richard Tomlinson, they had my life, I tell you. This <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, just kind of obviously just observing who they are, but in being in that position again where you, you're doing your job to the best of your ability and then trying to make it really believable, but also just kind of just enjoying it and learning as where you go. But yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest things for me was, was being on set with um, Ken Loach, mm. one of the biggest storytellers of our time, I think, you know, that was just, I mean, I just loved him. I just thought he was a remarkable guy. Um, and, you know, age had no boundaries with with Ken. And he's just there and he's on set all day and on his feet and, you know, he's working things. And, and it was just a phenomenal experience, so... Yeah, learned a lot from that. Uh, I mean, I, I had the pleasure of meeting Ken the last time he was in Newcastle um, for obviously the latest film, Sorry We Missed You. And he is, he's a truly inspiring and lovely, lovely guy. Um, yeah. And, um, but going back to obviously the time when you worked with him, it was for um, obviously the very successful and award winning I, Daniel Blake. And you played a bit of a nasty pasty in that, didn't you? Apparently so, yes. Um, Yes, I I did get called a a few names. 
after the release of that film. <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah. Which is great because, you know, if people call you a bitch, then they believed I was a bitch, yeah, you know, yeah. in that moment, in that time, in that space, within that story. So, you know, for me, that feels a bit like job done, you know, mm, if people are that hit up about my character on screen there. So, yeah, it's a bit of a compliment, really. That. Oh, definitely. It was fantastic. You've done. I think you, you, you played... You were like the sanction officer, weren't you? In the um, in the benefits office, it was basically yeah, you, you were very um, you know you weren't very accommodating with the the young lass who'd come in who'd travelled down the country and didn't have any money and nowhere to live, and it was a case of well you're late, so you know you're gonna have to get the back of the queue sort of thing, and that was the whole the whole um, uh, foundation for that film. It was very political uh, as Ken's work is, but um, brilliant. But again, very, very hard hitting. I think you've found yourself in a lot of these roles which are quite um to the bone, uh, I guess. And um yeah, although you you're a lovely person in real life and I'm sure this comes across <laughs> uh, this comes across in the in the interview. But yeah, in in, in that I mean, did you get like re- real reaction where people were coming up and you go, Oh, you're the bloody woman who you know Do you know what it was kind of it was the realisation would come in stages. Um, because my hair was quite different at the time when I was when I was in that story, um, so I would kind of get people looking and then looking again and thinking, and you can see it on their faces that they're trying to work it out and they're trying to figure out if it's me from as the supermarket who they've seen in the shop mail or whether it's something else, and then the, it dawns on them and they go, oh, yes. You were that bitch in <laughs> Daniel Blake in the job centre, weren't you? And uh, so straight away, my defence is yes, yes, but it was just a story, you know. <laughs> it's like I'm not really like that in real life. So, you know, just kind of guarding myself <laughs> straight away. But people are saying, you know, immediately that um, they believed it and, and the, the story rang true for a lot of people on so many levels. Um, either through their own experiences with, mm. with the job centre and the benefit system um, and and they could relate to it very, very well. But yeah, it was it was a bit of a slow burn and, and it was quite funny when people did realise because then they were like, oh my God, you were here in the flame and jobs. Oh like, God, you were bloody nasty and that. <laughs> <laughs> but as you say, it's, it's, it's job done, isn't it? Because if the, you know... If the, that's the instance, and they believe that, um, yeah. obviously, you know, they speak to you for a couple of minutes and they realise that's not the case. But it's, it's, it, you know, it's funny. I remember hearing somebody talk about this, and it was like a, a soap actor, a established soap actor. I think it was on Coronation Street, and they were saying he would be addressed as his character in the street, and it's mad, really, when you think about it. But you know, that's what people buy into, I guess, yeah. don't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they do. You know, it's it's a bit of escapism for people. So, and and that they can't say beyond that. You know, that person is that character, mm. and then that's it. You know, you say yes, I'm Sharon. I'm not really the care from the job centre. <laughs> <laughs> so, go. I mean, what what's what what's on the horizon at the moment? Because I mean, I don't know, it was obviously it's a job and actor. It never really stops. You're getting auditions coming in. You know, you're always looking around the corner for more stuff. Obviously, we're in a very difficult time at the moment as well. So, how do you plan for that? It's you know, it's hard. It's a hard job. It's a hard job being an actor. It is. It is. Um, I mean, I'm not. 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 I'm not
It is hard. And you know what, Colin? It's, it has got more and more difficult over the years. And, you know, I think at one time, when I, when I started... 20, 27 years ago. No, don't show your um, age. <laughs> I know, I'm trying to work it out. I don't want to trick anybody. I, you know, I don't mind admitting I'm 49 because, you know, I need to be getting those roles. Yep. I can't be casting a young teenage lass for the rest of my life. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think the industry has changed massively. It's At one time, there was just a lot of really good actors about. And that was because reality TV didn't exist. Mm. And because now reality television is a huge part of what we watch as, as, a, as a nation and what we buy into with TikTok and reality shows and, you know, this, that and the other. A lot of the industry... And I don't mean this in an awful way, but it's been stolen, I think, mm. by people who, you know, who become successful and famous within those areas because people want to use those people more than taking a chance on, on a little actor from Newcastle. You know, people want the, the followers, people want the name, they want the look, they want, and they're buying into that. So, you know... Because of that, it, it is difficult and it is much harder. Um, but, you know, it's for me, it's in my blood. Mm. And, and it has been since a very early age. My dad's a performer. Well, he was a performer. He was a singer in a band and in mm. the club, things like that, and did bits of acting. So for me, it's in my DNA. Yeah. Uh, and I can't get away from it and I can't ever turn it off and I couldn't ever stop. You know, as you say, there's no age limit on, on being an actor. And then I will just keep going for as long as I possibly can because because you can. There's always roles for old people. You're not you old, know. man. You're not old. I didn't mean that. <laughs> <answer. laughs> so, you know, it gives me faith that I can continue. But it is a much more difficult industry. And I think what what's inspired me a little bit about the pandemic and the way things are today is that how television has allowed itself to evolve and and move with the way things are. You know, we've got on set socially distanced and, mm. and we've got a lot of this sort of thing happening, Zoom and, you know, TV being made in this way. And I think it's great that things are still happening and, and we're finding a way around things, which is really hopeful for, for people like myself, mm. you know, and... Well, you, you, you just, we can't do anything. We can only hope that, you know, that there are people out there and, and there's one person in particular and, and you know, people who are trying to make things happen in the North East, trying to, you know, encourage diversity with film sets and, you know, studios being built and people engaging in to, in studios that are doing radio and letting them for, you know, be available for TV and all sorts of projects and things like that. So there are people out there trying to make things happen. We just need a little bit more of that to yeah, happen. Um, and, and it's difficult. It's a slow burner. And, but I think things are, are slowly starting starting to happen. You know, mm. Craig Conway, he's just going to be launching a new actors agency. Um, and, you know, it's good to have that. 
there needs to be a bit of competition in the northeast. There needs to be a, a fresh view on things, a fresh intake. Um, I was recently poached by a London agent, so it's interesting having somebody who is not in the northeast who has access to other things. So you know, long term, who knows what's going to happen? We can only hope that these things do take off, and you know, production companies and production teams do continue to invest a little bit of um, interest and, and mm. excitement to try and make things work for the current climate um, as, as we are today. It's interesting you say that. I'll, I'll go back on that, something he says, because, like, obviously, you know, starting out many moons ago um, as an actor, and a struggling actor, to be honest with you, the North East was a bit of a closed-off book, although there was some great talent there. Unless you were in that sort of circle, it was it was very hard to break into. And um, I got a bit of work, um, found it very difficult to... to continue to pay the bills and walked away from it for many years and then I sort of I, I got the age of 40 I thought well bugger it it, it, it is it's in your it's in your blood it's in your DNA and if you've got that it never goes away does it um and I continue to sort of sing and do goodness knows what else and I've, I've sort of tried to enter back you know just at the perfect time like when there's a pandemic but regardless of that um it, it, it but but it, it is very hard you've said there um you know you have you have you changed um, uh, cast the uh, yeah, your agent now. Sorry, did you say for to somebody in London? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was approached by a London agent who has a couple of offices across Europe. So I just thought, you know what? It just sounded like a really interesting dynamic. So I just thought, yeah, you know, having flown to um, Budapest year before last to, to do a tiny part in, in the film Song of Names. I just thought, do you know what, a little bit more of this openness to Europe and seeing what's going on there and, and having a connection with that just really appealed to me. I mean, I, I can't rely on being an actor as my only source of income no. these days. You know, for, for the last three years, I've, I've worked for North Townside Council and uh, funny enough, I'm an employment advisor. Mm -hmm. So I have found myself sitting in the job centre um, having meetings with customers, job centre plus customers, um, about getting them onto the programmes that I've been working on um, to try and support people towards employment. So it's a bit ironic, really, that mm. I, this is where I am in my own life. But I'm very thankful of it mm. because if the current climate today, you know, I'm still working full time. Um, I work at home at the moment. I connect with my customers um, on a regular basis and we're looking for jobs. We are scouring the job market to see what's there and making sure people have got the right tools. So I'm, I'm glad that I've got somebody else doing that for me mm -hmm. as an actor and, and I'm doing that for somebody else as an employment advisor to try and support those people towards employment and training and just kind of looking out for them and looking after their well-being and their mental health really because that plays a huge part in, in how things are today as well. I think that's a really worthwhile sort of thing that you're doing. I mean, obviously, you need to, you need to put the money on the table to pay the bills. And obviously we can't rely on, on, on solely acting work, you know, and it comes in fits and starts. But, you know, what, what's, what's really quite 
nice about it, I guess, is you know you have gone from that role in I Daniel Blake where you were you were deemed to be a, a baddie, whereas actually in reality you've taken this role on and you you're helping people get employment in this uncertain time. So you know, hats off to you. Um, I, I think that's great. I think that's really really good. Uh, how does that work logistically though? If you get some work and they say right, I want you in, I want you in London tomorrow. Well, do you know what? Up to now, it hasn't been an issue. It, it hasn't happened. <laughs> um, I think when I, do, when I did have to go to Budapest, you know, I just took annual leave and just right. popped that in and was able to do it. So, you know, that's why theatre isn't really a possible thing for me at the moment because working full-time, it's not really going to work um, with doing rehearsals and then even performances, but television and film and things like that, or radio plays, something that you know is a short term isn't isn't a problem. However, if that big soap break does come along, then I will have to do some negotiating with my manager yeah. and see what was happening. Well, you know, it's deal with that if the, if it ever arose, you know, if the time ever came. That's it, because, I mean, in isolation, say if you've got a part in a play, or, sorry, a part in a, 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 you know, a film or something like that, they, they'll give you that time where you'll sort of say, we need you to be here, X, Y and Z. And, yeah, you do exactly that. You work around your annual leave and, you know, but that's that's yeah. the that's the that's what people don't understand, I think. You know, they just see the actor, and especially in these uncertain times, people say, well, you know, there wasn't a lot of funding for, for, for theatres and, and television productions yeah. and things like that. We're starting to find our way now. But for the actual, you know, job and actors out there, it's been a big void and you sort of... Not even... Even before this, it's sort of... You'll go through peaks and troughs where there isn't work and, you know, life goes on. Um, so... But I think the thing with the television and the film work is you'll be given allocated times, right, we need you for this, and, yeah, you, you, you might have to use your annual leave-up or something like that, but yeah. you can do that and you can manage the two. Um, but, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, honestly, from what you're saying, as I say, within your current role with the, the council and things like that, I think it's really quite ironic, actually, you, you know, you've you've done that role in I, Daniel Blake, and then you're doing that now. So that's really confusing people, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there was a couple of people in the job centre, and um, when it when it first came out, and I was sitting there, and re- referrals would be referred across to me, and you could see people in there thinking, eh, "What, what the hell's going on here?" <laughs> and, and having that conversation with people and saying, "Yes, yes, you know, yes, I was in that film, and yes, that was my role, and I'm not really like that. Um, I'm here to help you. I'm not here to, to to sanction you. That's not my role. My role is to." Try and support you towards employment and, and not and not the other side of that. <laughs> no, that's good. Uh, no, it really is. So I mean, yeah, I think what we we'll do, we'll get on sort of getting on and just try and look for that next next job that's around the corner. And I'm sure you'll, you know, you'll. As I say, you've got an abundance on your CV there in terms of uh, of, of television, film, and and theatre credits. You're a very talented lady, but you know you've got all sorts of other things you know you can add to your bow as well. I really like the idea that obviously you've cast your net out a little further. You're saying you've got a different uh, representation. As I say, it just puts you puts you out there a little bit further, doesn't it? And gives you a, a different option as to as to maybe just getting you know similar work um, uh, that you may have got. Whereas. I, I guess it opens a few more doors. Hopefully, I mean that, that that's the that's yeah. the plan. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I 
Definitely, definitely. I suppose one of the good things that works in our favour as a job and actor is that we're not on the train up and down to London constantly. What's nice is there is a lot of Zoom casting going on. Yeah. So, you know, it's saving you the 140, 150 quid on the train every every couple of weeks or however frequently you do get invited down to, to audition. So, in a way, you know, it's good that things are moving on because of the way things have been. But I would hope that that might be something nice they could look at in the future and, and save us job and actors a few quid on the train, you know. Because it is expensive. It's, it's, you know, it's an expensive thing to have to do to travel down to London for, for castings and stuff like that. If, um, if you have to. And it's not a foregone yeah. conclusion because you'll go down there, you'll do that and sometimes, you know, it's not even about sort of, um, uh, you know, suitability if you like. Sometimes there's a, there's a, there's a look or there's a, there's a feeling and, yeah, as you say, you've spent 150 quid to get down there and, you know, it might not be your, your time in that particular job. So, in uh, one thing, I think... Um, if people take notice, it's starting to teach us to work a little smarter and better. And if you can do stuff like this, yeah. it's not it's 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 not that different because your initial your initial audition, if you like, could be like this. And if there's interest, then then you know you can move on to sort of moving down. But it just it just saves you a little bit because I mean, as I say, it's um it can be it it, it, it you know people think. You know the cameras, the lights, the the theatre, the admiration—it's all wonderful. It is. Don't get us wrong; it's lovely. Um, but you know, there's a lot of downside to that as well that people don't see. It's not all glamour, like, is it? You know what I mean? No, definitely not. Definitely not. You know, so waiting for the phone to ring. When it does ring, it's going to cost you. Yeah. In a lot of cases, you know, it's going to cost you that train fare to Manchester or down to London. So. Yeah, it's you're putting a lot on the line financially when you when you out of work and you've got any money to start with. So yeah, but uh, we can only hope that you know things things will progress and 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 I say this is part of progression and that you know things can can be done in, in a good way and save everybody some money. One of the, <laughs> one of the things that um, again you touched on before, which I just want to sort of um, discuss with you as well is um, we're finding ourselves, I think, because of this, sometimes in this adverse situation, you find that um, the arts never go away. They might try to be sort of dampened down, or, but actually, in these adverse times, I think it comes back stronger. People sort of rethink and, 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 and sort of think of different ways to do it. And one of the things I've noticed is there is a lot more sort of things popping up, like you say, um, television studios who are looking to do podcasts, who are looking to do radio stations, who are looking to do plays, looking to do sort of presenting roles. Um, a lot of it on small budget, but it's 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 almost like it's a, a there's a whole movement where there's these you know little pockets coming up all over the place, and it's only got to be a good thing because I guess the more things like that happening. It's shining a light. Certainly, you know, within the northeast. I mean, you get work anywhere. That's great, but. I'm a big advocate, as I'm, I'm sure you are, of of being proud of where we're from, and um, you know, I, I would love to see more um, worthwhile, not just productions at the Light Theatre or you know the Theatre Royal, um, or you know your one big um, television program a year, like your Vera or something. I want to see all sorts coming out of it. You know, new playwrights, new 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 writings, and I think I've started to see that happening a bit more because people. Um, 
they haven't. It's not even a choice. You've, you know, if if you if you, some great bit of advice given to me once was, you know, don't sit around and wait for it. If you want it, you're gonna do something yourself and and go and get it. You know, and and I have seen a lot of that, and I'm quite. Um, I'm quite hopeful. Um, I, I, you've obviously seen that as well because you mentioned it. Um, uh, uh, yeah, definitely. And, and I think it's great because it's it's a bit like we're taking control again and mm. we're taking ownership of, of of our own career and our own destiny and things like that. And people are out there making things happen, which is great because if they weren't, what would there be? There, there wouldn't be very much going on. So, you know, it is great that people are being creative enough to, to create these these opportunities in these areas where where we can be as, as free as we want to be in terms of performance and creating things, podcasts, like you say, you know, that seems to be a huge thing these days. Mm. Um, and, and it's really important, you know, it's, it's a really important way of keeping in touch with the, with the world and, and other creatives because things like this, pandemics and people being in lockdown, you know, you, you, you're you not seeing anybody and you're not feeling what's going on around you. And it's great. It feels like a bit of an underground world is, is going on and you're tuning into podcasts and online Zoom shows and things like that. And I love the creativity and the creativeness of of people the first time we went into lockdown, how there was so much going on on Zoom these shows and people creating comedy and, you know, and podcasts. And and, and it's just great. And it just shows, you know, that we do have a bit of resilience. And if we want to make it work, then we will. Mm. And it's important that we do because it's for us and it's for the the people who who we live with and in and around in the community and and keeping Newcastle on the map is is a place of strength mm. and positivity and creativity and, and talent. So we've yeah. got a lot of talent up here and you know we just need to keep on getting it out there really. Couple of things before we go, I'm gonna put you on the spot, not in a bad way. Oh. <laughs> who was yeah, who's been the best person that you've worked with? Ooh the best person that I've worked with. Or the most enjoyable well, for me, it, it has to be Ken Loach. It's like he's up there, he's on a pedestal. You know, it's just like he's my secret crush. Mm. Um, obviously not anymore because I've, I've told you. Um, <laughs> but I just think he's just a phenomenal storyteller and I think the stories he, he tells are hugely impacting and the way people can relate to it is, is massively important. And... And I hope he goes on to, to do more. And I know he keeps saying this is the last one and I'm going to retire and this is it, this is it. But I hope he, he still wants to do a little bit more because I just think he's probably one of the most important filmmakers of our time because he, he tells it how it is. Mm. You know, going back to, to stories that he's told in the 60s, Cathy Come Home and things like that, it's all relevant, it's all poignant. And it's all strong and it's about real people and realism and that's what people are buying into and it's important that these stories are told. So oh. for, for me, it's got to be him. Hats off to Ken and yeah, let's hope he's still got life yeah. in him and as I say, he, he looked fit as a fiddle last time I saw him, so, you know, I, I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Right, okay, another one for you. It always puts people on the back burner, this one. I want, and I always ask everyone, 
a recommendation. It could be music, it can be books, it could be film, it could be anything you want. Something that's ticking your box at the minute, Sharon. Recommendation. I'm a bugger, aren't I? Anything that's... Right. I, I'd recommend people to shop local, to mm-hmm. support their local businesses. Um, you know, I've, I've just moved to Colour Coats. And in, in the way things are today, you know, there's lots of little businesses that need support, little boutiques, little coffee stores, you know, food doing takeaway, uh, shop, cafes doing takeaways. You know, if you need out... Get it on your doorstep. Yeah. You know, I recommend you shopping local and supporting those businesses. Hey, that's because good. Because we need to. Right. Ticking all the boxes for me, I like that. You know, I have a work goal, stick together, and as I said, there's some great things on the doorstep, and actually something's better, yeah. I think. You know, so... And... Um, it's great. It's great being now down next to the coast as well, isn't it? It's, um, oh, it's fabulous. Mm. It's amazing. I just absolutely love it. Love it. And congratulations on you recently married as well. Obviously, uh, you know. So, yeah. how's that going? Is everything yeah. swimmingly, swimmingly good? Yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 lovely. It's it just gives you a sense of, of belonging, you know, to, mm. to something. And it's it's lovely. It's not that dissimilar to how it was before. Um, but we just had we had a lovely, lovely day and. Yeah, it was just it was just superb. It was just fantastic, and yeah, it's it's just lush. Yeah, lovely. Well, lots of love, love to your partner, and as I say, um, you haven't killed each other in lockdown, so that's always a good sign. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's great. Honestly, you've been a star. I've thoroughly enjoyed speaking to you. Um, you know, as I, as I, as I knew you would be, you popped up on 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 my list there the other day, and I thought because obviously you know you're constantly looking for for people to speak to, and I thought why didn't I thought of Sharon before? So honestly, you've been. Um, you've been a joy to speak to. I hope to see you on the uh, on our silver screens and televisions, uh, you know, very soon again. And uh, okay. we'll keep on plodding on, doing the good thing, eh? Definitely, absolutely, yeah. Smashing. And if there's anybody out there who lives in North Tyneside, who lives in a in a council property, who needs some support to get back into employment, then get in touch because you know there's there's four of us based on the Working Homes Programme, um, which is run by North Tyneside Council. And if you live in a council property, this is part of the, the referral thing that we need. Please get in touch because we're here. We've got courses, we've got adult learning. If you're not right for our programme, there are other programmes as well that we can support younger people, people with health issues and health conditions. So if people are stuck and they need a bit of support to try and find a way forward, then please get in touch with us because that's what we're here for. We're here to try and help. Thanks, Sharon, and we'll uh, look forward to seeing what you're in next and uh, what you have in store. (laughs) 
As always, guys, you can email the show at Geordie Chanter, postbag delivery at mailtoart.com, and you can request who we speak to week to week, uh, whether it be celebrity, artists, or folk of interest. Uh, and we will endeavour uh, to our best abilities to get those folks on the show uh, for your entertainment. Just a quick reminder, uh, if you do like what you hear, please share, tell everyone about it, like, subscribe and all the uh, usual places for podcasts. Uh, it really does help. Thank you. See you next week, Chanters. Peace and love.